everyone, this is Olivia, and this is a new episode of Soaking in the Sunlight. Now, in this episode, I want to share uh, just some thoughts that I feel like the Lord placed on my heart this week. Um, one morning, I was reading a piece uh, from a Bible commentary, and these thoughts just came to mind about God's hands in science. Um, and here's the thing. Uh, Just to kind of preface everything, um, you know, I want to just start off with prayer. Uh, I haven't necessarily done it in my past episodes, but I feel like it'll be good um, just to, you know, invite God in and just allow him to have his way and speak to people's hearts. So if you're listening, um, if you could just pray along with me, that would be great. Um, So here we go. Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that um, we could all just join each other, whether it be through different platforms or whatever the case may be, God. I thank you, Jesus, um, for this time that people are listening, God. Um, And Lord, I just pray that you give me the words to say during this time, God, that people will be encouraged and empowered, um, that you would show them your word, God. And I just pray that you would get all the glory, honor, and the praise. I pray that people won't hear my voice, but that they'll hear your voice, Jesus, and your voice only. Thank you, God, for all these things and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so now that we've started everything right, I want to talk more about God's hands in science. Now, I know there can be a lot of controversy <laughs> surrounding Christianity and science. So I'm just going to start off just by saying If you're looking for an argument between evolution and intelligent design, um, sorry, this isn't that type of podcast. Um, Here, I just want to share the word of God with you. That's all I can do. His word does not need to be argued with any theory. Uh, So again, his word speaks for itself. Uh, So uh, I can't necessarily talk about God's hands in science without giving a little background about myself. So I am a scientist, actually. Um, I studied biomedical engineering um, currently uh, in a graduate program. And it's really exciting uh, because I get to be blown away by God's handiwork every day. Now, listen, there are long days, tiring days, but overall, it's um, very cool to kind of hear people's ideas and whatnot in science. Now, specifically, I study blood, um, and I study how the immune system interacts with blood. Um, so that's just a little snippet. And, um, I'm giving this background because this will kind of set up some of the thoughts that, um, the Lord laid on my heart this week. Uh, in, uh, my field, uh, whenever you generate a lot of data after you've done all these experiments in the lab, Um, you start to create a story, you start to piece together what's actually going on, in my case, with the blood or for someone else with their studying um, uh, different types of cells or if they're studying plants, you know, they start to gather all this data and then they can start to say, okay, we, based off of these experiments, we have a better idea of what's going on with this particular system that we're studying. And so basically at that point, people start to publish their work into journals, um, into scientific journals. So other people can read and get new ideas and piggyback off of what's been done already without having to do those same experiments over again. 
Um, so in a paper, there's an introduction where people kind of explain the layout of what's already known in the field and how what their experiments will do to contribute, saying, hey, what's new? What are you doing that will actually uh, further our knowledge? You know, has this already been done before? And if it has, then why are you doing it? <laughs> um, there's a method section where people go into um, specifically how they went about it what kind of chemicals they use, what type of microscopes they use, things like that. Um, and then they go into uh, the results, speaking as to, okay, what actually happened? What did you observe? What did you see? And here you'll see like bar graphs and pie graphs and pretty pictures and whatnot. Um, and then uh, there's a discussion section just going over what was seen in the results. So just saying what those results actually mean um, and what it means to the larger field. And then there'll be a conclusion just kind of saying, hey, this is what we found. This is how it contributed to science and future work would involve doing XYZ experiments. Yay. Okay, so that is your quick crash course on a scientific journal publication. You're already in set to go now. <laughs> um, but when I think about the structure of a science paper, of a science publication, you know, uh, I kind of think about God. Because as you know, or, you know, um, you may not know this, but God is the creator of everything that we know, see, and hear. And even things when we not uh, we may not even know about. God is the creator of that. And, you know, uh, uh, some people may be uh, confused as to like how things work or how things work in nature or, you know, all these different things. Some people might be confused as to exactly how the events in Genesis happened. You know, they may want more of a detailed outline of what happened in Genesis. Like, God, oh, how did you, um, you know, create light, you know, all these different things. And he just spoke his word and there was light. Um, but this got me thinking, and I just want to share some thoughts about, you know, in comparison to like God and who he is and how powerful he is when it comes to all of his creation. So here we go. God did not sit down and write a scientific paper that I just talked about on how he made the universe in time. He did not need to write out a method section because he is the method. He did not need to write an intro because he is the beginning. He did not need to write a conclusion because he is the end. He didn't need to write an abstract because there is no way to summarize all that he has done. He didn't need a result section because his word brought results. He didn't need a discussion section because he didn't have to discuss his ways with us. He didn't have to submit to a scientific journal because his works speak of him. He didn't need a lab because he doesn't need help. But the evidence of his work is everywhere and no number of scientific papers can describe what he has done. He is the creator and I am a servant. I am a servant scientist and I only want to please him. I will use the tools he gave me to scratch the surface of what he has done to benefit humanity. Science is a tool and it's God's form of mercy to extend lives. 
He is long-suffering, and he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So science is honestly another way. It's God's way of giving us a glimpse of what he has done in us and in this whole place we call space. We are confined by space and time, but he is not. So he knows everything that has, is, and will happen, and he has, is, and will always be there. The master creator is big enough to speak words of life in tiny humans, and more than able enough to come into human hearts to save them. The master creator is strong enough to break sin and gentle enough to speak to a child. So, if you're listening out there, don't put your faith in science. It is a tool, and it was never meant to be treated like a faith. If you follow science as a belief, honestly, you will be disappointed by how it always changes. There's new data, new facts, new ideas. But when you put your faith in Jesus, your observations will show that he is consistent and that he never changes. But thou art the same and thy years shall have no end, says Psalm 102 verse 27. The introduction of your papal will say he has no beginning. The methods will say his ways are past finding out. The results will show his goodness. The discussion will show his faithfulness and holiness. The conclusion of your paper, man, it will have no end. And, you know, these are things that were just rolling in my mind, um, you know, one morning. And I also want to share these scriptures as well that just backs up what I've been saying about God and how powerful he is and how he's just in control. So Genesis 1.1, I'm sure a lot of people might have heard this, but uh, Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. John verse 1 through 1 through 3, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So, you know, when we think about the things that we see in front of us and, um, you know, the things that we see in nature, like uh, beautiful waterfalls or beautiful stars, just all these great, awesome looking things. And then when we look at our bodies and how intricate they are and, you know, it takes years and years upon years to try to understand what's going on in the body. That's just letting you know that. God is the one behind everything, making these complex systems and uh, whatnot. And nothing was made by itself. God was the one to make everything. In Psalms 102, verse 24 to 25, it says, I said, oh my God, take me not away in the midst of my days. Thy years are throughout all generations. Of old thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. So God has been here forever before us, way before us, and he will always be there once we're long gone and long gone in eternity. 
In Psalms 19, verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament sheweth his handiwork. You know, I'm sure you've had a moment where, you know, you looked up into the sky, and if you lived in an area that relatively didn't have that much light pollution, where you had all this light just kind of getting in the way of seeing this beautiful clear sky at night, you could see the star. You could see the stars, um, and they're so pretty. Like honestly, growing up, I just found the stars really fascinating. I was considering like for a while, like uh, at one point in middle school, thinking about uh, going into astronomy because I I thought it was a really cool field. But here we are in engineering. So, <laughs> um, with that being said, you know when we think about you know what we see outside of our planet and even inside of our planet. There's so many ways of seeing God's handiwork, him just showing us like, yes, I'm here. I'm the one that made the planet and I'm still here. I'm still involved in what's going on in your life. I'm still involved. I, I didn't just make the earth and just left. I didn't just peace out. I, I'm, I'm still active in here. And he will show that in his people. He will show that he is still alive and working in Christians. Um, when he transforms a life that used to be bound by sin, by lying, um, fornication, lust, whatever it is, he's able to break, the, uh, uh, break those sins and set them free and have them live a life that's completely different from how they lived. That's him showing that he is there. And that he's still working in people's lives. So don't feel like, oh, well, you know, like God made the earth, but then he left. He's like, no, he he's still very much active because he's working in people's lives and saving people's lives from sin. Um, and then going on even more, uh, Psalms 139 verse 14. I will praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Honestly, just taking in everything that he's done is just mind-blowing. Like I said earlier, it's just amazing. There are not even enough words to describe everything that he does and how awesome it is. And just to go off of what these scriptures are saying, you are not an accident. You know, this planet is not a mistake. You're not a mistake. Your family's not a mistake. Your mom and dad, they're not mistakes. You are here for a reason. You have a purpose. The universe and this planet did not go through a random sequence of events to make the intricate, complex, detailed, and robust human bodies that we have today. And that also goes for uh, just the planet and everything that's around us. God formed you and had you on his mind before he made the world. Isaiah 44 verse 24 says, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the, the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. In Isaiah 42, verse 5, it also goes on to say, Thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. He is the one that gives light. 
life and light. <laughs> um, he is the one in charge of that. Again, no random sequence of events can give life like he can. He is the one that gives uh, the breath of life to start a human life. Yes. And then in Job's nine, uh, in Job nine, verse four, eight and 10, he is wise in heart and mighty in strength who hath hardened himself against him and hath prospered, which alone spreadeth out the heavens and treadeth upon the ways of the sea, which doeth great things past finding out, yea, and wonders without number. No one can challenge God. No theory can challenge God. No theory can erase God. He is the one that stands forever. He is the only one that, as the scripture says, spreads out the heavens. And, you know, he is the only one that uh, makes all these great things. And his ways are past finding out. Even the natural things that we see in the body and outside, past finding out. That is why science is always progressing, finding new details, new things. Even when people feel like, oh, I've understood, I've understood this particular aspect so much. Then some years later, they're like, oh, wait, there's something new about this that we never even thought about before. And then there goes another <laughs> more years of study and whatnot. But his wonders are without number. And that is the place I sit in as a scientist. Yes, I am a scientist, and yes, I believe that God created the heavens and the earth, and it happened exactly as the word of God says. The word of God is true, and I believe his word. I can't deviate from it. I believe his word. And whatever doubt or ideas may try to come to my mind that will be contrary to the word of God, I just need to cast them down and keep it moving. Because I know who... Um, I know who my God is. Science is not my faith. It is a tool to scratch the surface of God's work to extend lives and have a better understanding of how our planet works. I have and will always choose to put my faith in Jesus every day. I worship the creator, not the creation. And I need to be mindful of how any findings that I make in the lab, I always need to thank God for it. He allowed me to see something new that day. It's not because I'm so smart or have all the answers. It's him letting me see more of the surface of his work in the human body. And when I see a bit more of that surface, I should thank him because he is the creator and I've made him Lord over my life. And I pray that you choose to do the same. Put your faith in Jesus. He is the only way to heaven. Amen. Um, and so um, I realized that I've mentioned a lot of things. Um, but I also want to just let you know, like if you're listening and you don't know Christ or, you know, uh, uh, you have like, you feel like you just have differing beliefs about how the world began and you know, beliefs that are like contrary or try to erase God from the whole picture. Um, you know, I just want to open the floor so that you can receive Christ and that that doubt can go. Um, you know, it's, it's a fight um, for the for those like um, who are saved and Christian believers. Like 
it's a fight every day to just keep our minds um, just fixed on Jesus and everything. And there's so many contrary ideas and thoughts out there to try to take us off track. And for those who are listening that don't know Christ, I want to let you know that you aren't a mistake, that, you know, that this isn't just the most perfect of circumstances that, uh, you know, we just so happen to be in the Goldilocks zone where, you know, the earth isn't burnt to a crisp by the sun, nor is it freezing uh, to death because it's too far away from the sun. I'm telling you, God placed us in that perfect spot. You are here for a reason. And God wants you saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so, if you want to accept Christ into your heart, I'm going to open the floor now to just pray with you. And you can repeat this prayer after me. And basically, it's you saying to God, you know what, God, I've had um, the wrong interpretation of you. Um... I've never known you, um, but I want to know you now. I'm a sinner. I've messed up in my life, and I need you to save me. You know, I'm sorry for what I've done, and I want to live for you every day for the rest of my life, one day at a time. And that will be the start of your commitment to Christ, and he will help you and keep you. So, um, I'm going to start the prayer and then you can repeat after me if you so wish. And for those who are um, uh, saved, listening to this, pray with those who are making this commitment to follow Christ. Pray for them. You know, I, I know everyone will be listening to this at different times, but pray for them. Pray for those that will be listening to this. Pray for them and say, like, God, touch their heart draw them, you know, um, because prayer is powerful um, and it can go places that we can't even imagine. So. Here's the prayer um, of salvation. Lord Jesus, I ask that you come into my heart. Please save me. I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I repent for what I've done and I'm sorry for what I've done. I ask that you cleanse me, Lord, and make me new. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that God raised you up on the third day. And I believe that you're coming back for me. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would fill me with your Holy Ghost. And I pray that you would uh, keep me on this journey with you one day at a time. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, I'm super excited for you. This is honestly the best day of your life. It may not necessarily feel that way. Um, you may not necessarily have felt anything. Um, and if you did, that's great too. But know that if you prayed that prayer sincerely, God heard you. And then now you can cultivate your relationship with Christ. Um, and I know that last time in the podcast, I also did something similar to this where I kind of opened the floor for people to get saved. Um, and I have two more resources that I want to suggest just to like help you um, cultivate this relationship with God. One, first and foremost, prayer. You know, talk to God. It doesn't have to sound fancy. You don't have to sound like a preacher. Now, if you do, that's great too. But 
you know, you can just talk to God. Just talk to God. Tell him how your day is going. He wants to hear from you. Because that's how you cultivate a relationship with someone. You you got to communicate with them. Because if you don't communicate with them, how are you going to say you have a relationship with them? Um, so prayer is definitely important. Um, and that's also a way for God to also speak to you. So, you know, in prayer, you know, uh, it's always good to, like, give God time to speak to you as well. Um, so then he can show you, like, where you need to grow in or... Uh, mourn you or just uh, uh show you what to do for the day things like that um okay and then getting a bible and reading it and studying it that's very also very important because then that's god's word and then now you'll know what to do and what god's expectations are and he does have a standard you know uh and it's important to know what he wants because you know as christians we want to please god and the bible tells us exactly you know what to do to please God you know and he will uh as we draw closer to God in prayer and reading our bible um he will draw closer to us you know third thing fasting you know where you give up a meal or two or three however that God lays in your heart to fast for or if your pastor uh, calls a fast or um a nice thing to do is pick a day out of the week to fast um, up to like 12, 3 or 5 p.m., whatever time, you know, that's the time you say, I'm going to fast and pray and, you know, seek God's face. You know, and that's a time where your senses are basically kind of lowered because you haven't necessarily fed yourself <laughs> and you're more likely to hear from God more clearly um, as you pray and read your Bible during that fasting time. That's also very important. Jesus also did that. And Jesus is God. So if he fasted, like, best believe we need to fast too. Um, so yes. Um, and then the fourth thing is fellowshipping at a church. Um, and this is like also really important because we need to have that fellowship with other believers. That's how we're able to encourage each other and empower each other. Um, as we're also learning about God each and every day. And so I have two church suggestions, um, that could really help. Um, so there's a church in Dallas, Texas. Um, they have this uh, YouTube page that you can watch their videos. They have tons of um, sermons on there and tons of church services that you can uh, watch and listen to. And uh, they're called Full Gospel Holy Temple in Dallas, Texas. Um, I'll put the links in the show description notes. Um, so you'll be able to get to check that out. And also, too, um, I also want to recommend um, the church that I go to. Um, our services are um, online. Uh, they're on Facebook. So if you are on Facebook, you'll be able to see them. Um, and our church is Full Gospel Monument of Faith. Um, you can look that up on Facebook. Full Gospel Monument of Faith in uh, Newark, New Jersey. Uh, where Bishop Stacey McQueen is the pastor and overseer. Alrighty, so those are the four things that I wanted to mention to you. Um, so those are like the kind of beginning steps. And, you know, you just do that every day. You know, you get closer to God, praying, reading your Bible, fasting, going to church. Those are stepping stones. And as you go to a church, as you see the examples from these churches of what it's like to be in an environment where they preach, um, you know, getting closer to God, where they preach about being holy because God is a holy God and, you know, just giving your all to Christ, 
you know, then you'll be able to see like, okay, like, you know, this is a church that, you know, I'm looking for a church that has, um, these, uh, uh, I guess these, uh, foundational, basically foundational principles that's also seen in the Bible, um, like for a church. Uh, so yeah, you'll be able to like to see that. And I pray you'll be able to find a church locally, wherever you live, because going to a physical church is actually really important and not just, uh, watching it solely, because again, you need to have that fellowship and that interaction with other people. Um, so those are the main things that I wanted to mention today. Um, I pray that you are encouraged and empowered and that, uh, you know, you got to learn something new today. Um, I pray that you have an awesome week. Continue to soak in the sunlight. Be blessed. And I pray that you have a great day. God bless. Bye.